Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. We're back. Welcome to Just Think the Podcast. This is Holly, Amy, and Kristen. And we are so excited to have Steve Kirsch back on the podcast today. If you have not heard our first interview with Steve, go back after you listen and you'll hear more about his background and kind of how he came into this important position of really helping spearhead research and insight and finding the data and the actual science, because newsflash, it's not Anthony Fauci. (laughs) And he did so as a Silicon Valley entrepreneur who funded, you may have heard of this, the COVID-19 early treatment funds, where he was trying to help us find treatments for COVID early on in the pandemic. His experience certainly led him to find out that those he had trusted for years, certainly as a huge donor to the Democrat party, the same party that would not return a phone call when he started to ask questions about what's really going on here. So if you don't follow Steve, we're gonna tell you to go listen to our first podcast, but also go follow him on Substack. I know a lot of you ask us, how do you find all this information? Steve is one of our resources that points us to the other resources. So if you wanna see kind of in real time what he's discovering about what's really going on, go follow him, go subscribe to his Substack. Steve, thank you so much for being on again with us today. I know since we last talked several months ago, so much has transpired. And in fact, before we hit record, you were working on your latest release on your Substack about Boston University. So shall we just start there with what's happening over there? Uh, sure. A, a paper. Uh, it, it right now it's um, October eighteenth, and four days ago, a paper was published from Boston University saying that they had combined the spikes from the um, Omicron variant and put it on top of the uh, the original Wuhan strain, and they were able to achieve a case fatality rate of eighty percent. And that's extraordinary because the the original Wuhan strain uh, had a case fatality rate somewhere in the order of 0.2%. So you go from 0.2% and you have to go up by more than a factor of 100 in terms of the death, the, the death toll. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you're looking at a factor of 400, 400 so, times um, the all, death toll. I, 
First of all, why? We need the how, the, the why, why. <laughs> the, the who, the who. Okay. The who. So the who, of <laughs> course, is is Tony Fauci's organization. So Tony's Tony's organization, NIAID at um, at NIH, funded the research. Of course, that you know that's the way it's done. I mean, he's funded the the research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And uh, you know he's funded the research at at Boston University. They have a BLCL four lab, so they're able to do uh, this kind of research at BU. Mm. So that's the who. So the, the the who behind it, of course, is is Tony Fauci. Uh, the the people doing the work are uh, are at Boston University. Uh, the why? Um, well, uh, we don't know. Why, I mean, why did Tony fund the original work at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? I suspect it's the same reason. And and of course, this is much more successful if you're looking to fund a virus that can kill lots of people very quickly. Uh, this would would take the cake. And it is astonishing to me that. Uh, so let's see. So we got who. Um, how? How? Why? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I talked about how. You know how it was was uh, constructed, and then of course, and and then why um, we don't know. But the um, the interesting thing is that there was no coverage of this paper uh, in any of the the U.S. mainstream media at well, all. I think what's also interesting is that this is gain of function, and they say that that's illegal. Well, yeah, the they're United not supposed States, to. They're not supposed why. to be funding it, and of course, uh, Tony Fauci has said that he doesn't fund gain of function research. So, look, you know, if you lied under oath, and he's just doing it again. Yeah, but but look, you know, if you can't trust Tony Fauci, who can you trust? There you go, and that's our T-shirt. And and, and you, you guys are going to make a T-shirt on that and sell it, and I will promote that. Yes, on my Substack because that's what it, it amounts to. You know, the, I I talk to members of Congress and they basically call me a misinformation spreader and they won't listen to anything I say because it differs from what the official narrative uh, coming out of the NIH, of Tony Fauci, of the FDA and the CDC. So if you disagree with those people, you're basically marginalized and labeled misinformation uh, uh, spreaders, and you're censored from. You know, you have a lifetime ban from Twitter and you get all these bonuses like a lifetime ban from, in my case, from LinkedIn, from Twitter, uh, two, two lifetime bans from Twitter. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Medium, LinkedIn, uh, not Facebook yet. Facebook, I was actually careful about a year ago. I stopped making posts about uh, COVID on Facebook. And recently they actually discovered one post that I made a year ago that they didn't like, and they said uh, that I'd, I would have to remove it in order to uh, keep my account open. You know, I so, mean, yeah, I mean, so the, these, the, these organizations basically, you know, when, when Twitter deplatforms you, they don't just take away your, your last tweet. They remove everything that you've ever written on, on Twitter. They've done that to me, to Robert Malone, to uh, most recently to Peter McCullough, you know, and, and how, you're you're silencing, you're removing all of the information from one of the top cardiologists in the world. I mean that that that's stunning um, for them to do that, but that's the way that's the way it works. That's that's for your own protection <laughs> somehow. I mean, I I don't I don't understand it. They won't talk to me. I'm I'm thinking about going up to to Twitter um, uh, today, and with a microphone and a camera 
and asking Twitter employees Do it. Uh, why they think that removing all that information from all of us is is helping to save lives. And well, I would love to understand that. I would, I would like to, to hear that. that on camera as to why they think that. I want you to find out who makes the decisions on what's fact and what's not, or what's misinformation and what's not. I mean, I want to find that person. Or those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, that's, they're that's, never going to disclose gonna, that. I know they're not going to do that. But yeah, it, that's their secret sauce. You know, I think Twitter is actually going to go into the health uh, area, and they're going to have a, a health line where you can call and ask questions about how should I treat my COVID and what are the right. best treatments and you know what are your know. recommendations? Because mm-hmm. you know, of course, they're the they're the, the world authority. Twitter. They're look, they're smarter than Peter McCullough. They know more than Peter McCullough. You know, and that's saying a lot. I, I'm, I'm so impressed. Right. Um, and this is the crazy. But this is the crazy thing about it, Steve, is that not only do they think they know more than Peter McCullough, Dr. Malone, one of the inventors of the actual mRNA technology, they think they know more than all of these experts that two and a half years ago, we would have called them experts in their field, like some of the few of the strongest experts in their field. Now we dismiss them as crazy kooks with misinformation. And to your point, Steve, what is wrong with having more information and allowing the American public to decipher what choice is best for them based on having all the information? Those who have nothing to hide, don't hide it. Those people who tell the truth don't have anything to hide. It clearly screams who the liars are and who Mm -hmm. the manipulators are and actually who's in control of Pretty much, it looks like everything at this point. There is a group of people that are basically leading the charge, not just in our country, but around the globe. And they have some agenda, which the rest of us weren't in on and do not understand because exactly what you said, Boston University has created a COVID strain that is has a lethality of 80%. That's insane. And that no media coverage comes to it. No one goes, hello. And it's clearly gain-of-function research when Anthony Fauci said they don't do gain-of-function research and no one but Senator Johnson and Rand Paul are ever going to hold these people accountable. It's maddening. It feels like we're all watching a terribly, terribly bad movie. But the point I want to make here is how they won't talk to you. And Steve, we go through your research. We comb through it too. And we, you know, to make sure that when we present it out, we feel confident about it. You bring your receipts. Mm-hmm. So it's baffling to me that no one will have a conversation with you. Your wife sat on a board of a hospital. She just had to step down because even that hospital wouldn't talk to you. What in the world? <laughs> well, well, she uh, she actually didn't resign because the hospital wouldn't talk to her. She resigned and then and suggested that the hospital, she resigned from the, the board of El Camino Hospital Foundation. And she suggested that the physicians, the infectious disease experts at El Camino Hospital, um, talk to me and let's resolve this because, you know, there's an obvious disagreement here about the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that there has not been a single debate that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. recorded on video between people who believe the vaccines are totally unsafe and people who believe that they're totally safe and should be mandated. 
there's no discussion. Now, that is not for a lack of trying on our side. It's that nobody who believes the vaccines are safe and effective want to appear on camera and discuss it. And this is because when you have a narrative which has no basis in science and can easily be seen through once people see people from both sides discussing this, they don't want people to know. And, you know, I proposed, I went on a Stanford campus and found people who were skeptical of the vaccine. And I was introduced to the head of the debate society. And and they said, well, we don't uh, do these, you know, big debates like on these big issues, you should talk to the Stanford College Republicans. So I reached out to them and they said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll run it by the flagpole here and see what people think. And the result was that they thought that uh, this was not an important issue right now. This was not relevant, even though Stanford, incoming Stanford students are being required to take the shot. No. They believed that this is not something that is relevant to students right now. And there are far more important things that need to be discussed. Can, oh my God. Can you believe that? Do you want it? Uh, let me, let me see if I can. Um, I, I'd like to say, I don't believe it, but I believe it. I mean, everything, it, nothing, nothing shocks me anymore. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It's like, this is just the world we live in, you know, well, but like, also oh. vaccinating this age group. And I know we're going to talk about sure. this while, while Steve is looking you know, Kristen and Amy and I all promoted on our uh, social media this past week, the are the kids okay video, right? Which, which we know, we know the damage that this vaccine carries to all age groups. And yet these college kids are not at any risk of dying of COVID. No, not at all. Whatsoever of dying of COVID. No, yet no. they're mandating it. Yeah, name, name one Stanford student who died from COVID. Can you name a Stanford student who died from COVID? Okay, so here's what they wrote. I've never heard such a thing. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, there are three very odd deaths on the Stanford campus that nobody wants to talk about. In fact, they wrote an op-ed and they said, remove that from the op-ed. We don't, um, that would be conspiracy theory. Mm. So okay. it must be true. Three unexplained deaths, you know, young people on the Stanford campus that, that died. Here, here is what I got back. Sorry for the delay. I spoke with the SCR, that's the Stanford College Republicans leadership, and we decided that it wouldn't be a great idea to host a debate on the subject. Our goal is to respond to issues that are relevant to the student body. And although vaccines, uh, although the vaccine is definitely important, we think it's time to focus on different issues. Hope this is understandable. Like what? Like what? You guys understand that? I didn't understand that. Okay, so so if they if they don't think it's that important that important to focus on, then can uh, they just move on and not make uh, a mandate? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah no 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 no. Um, I, I said I wrote back. Wow, there's a paper that just came out saying it's unethical to vaccinate students. The paper was was from Harvard, UCSF, and Johns Hopkins. So you believe that Stanford is correct in these top institutions, or and, and that these um uh versus these top institutions are completely wrong? Is that right? Um, he said, not necessarily. Uh, we don't all, all think Stanford is justified in its policies, but that debate on the subject would not be as productive as debate on a different subject. Okay. Like then he what? goes on. Then he goes on. Hang on. He goes on. I understand where you're coming from, but I think that that the COVID situation revealed a number of more fundamental 
religious and moral deficiencies that need to be addressed first. Religious and moral deficiencies. The vaccine and lockdown question is downstream from these questions. First, we have to ask questions about religious and moral deficiencies. I'd love to talk about that. While Let's people, talk about that and while, while right on die. They're, they're concerned with philosophical debating. Mm-hmm. And That's, not that, that is correct. Now, these are the, you know, Stanford is one of the, you know, the most brilliant kids in the, the country. Go to Stanford. This is this is their consensus here. I, I And I used to think that. Well, and it wasn't Stanford. I think it was Harvard, the medical school, the picture of all of them graduating outside in masks. No longer do I think that they are brilliant. And I'm sure that there are some smart people. They were some smart people if you graduated med school. But let me tell you, you're not thinkers. Right. You're not well, thinking. You may be able to what... regurgitate information that's being fed to you, but you are not thinking critically or just freaking common sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just relating to you exactly what um, I was told here. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you can, you can read oh, yeah. this here. That uh, that I'm not joking going here. Going along right. with it. Uh, it's, it's sorry, it's a little out of focus when it's too close. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. That's yeah. No, it's really. legit. Yeah. You, okay. you 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 simply cannot make this stuff up. No. This you know, is what's happening. And honestly, in all, in this world where everybody is so offended, why wouldn't we be offended that Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, CDC, you know, FDA, that they don't think that the American public can take information and think and make their own decisions. Like to me, no. it's just dumbing us down. It's just thinking, no, I mean, oh, you're dumb. You can't handle it. It's like, you can't handle the truth. You know, that whole scene in, yeah. uh, what was that with Tom Cruise and what's his face? Um, a few good men, right? Yeah. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. It's like, we can't handle it. We can't make, we can't think for ourselves, but we can. I mean, this is where people need to get offended. Well, this is where Naomi Wolf talks about the elite mentality. Remember, because she had been a part of those circles. They, people literally said to her, the American public can't think for themselves. We have to think for them and tell them what to think mm-hmm. instead of. And again, the last two years has also just continued to reaffirm what I already had a growing belief that I didn't think academia was serving America any longer, that it had been hijacked by agendas instead of teaching critical thinking. I remember when my when I was growing up and I was going into engineering school, my dad had become, was an engineer and he said his professor told him, you have to learn to think, you need to learn to play chess. You need to learn how to think critically. We have stopped teaching kids, just like Kristen said, to think critically. We've told them to be good followers and good regurgitators of information, but not necessarily challengers to challenge the actual truth and to search for that truth. It's mind boggling. Steve, you posted on your own, I think next door this week, right? Where someone said, here's where you can go get your boosters. (laughs) And you responded and said, here's the science on the boosters. (laughs) And I saw the thread and I'm like, who are all these idiots that are signing up for this? It's so yeah. sad. I'm baffled. But truly, this is what people so need here. to do, Steve. I love that you did that. And yeah. people need to start doing that. When you see it, just like when you see the signs for like, get your flu vaccine, get your COVID booster or whatever. Uh, if we could just have like index cards or stickers, like the Biden, I did that. We need to have those that say, here's this actual science. Throw that yeah, with, with the on Q, there. With the QR code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's... um. So someone someone wrote um, Bev uh, uh, I can't pronounce her her last name but 
there's an article on my Substack about it. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. We just got a notice from PAMF, that's the Palo Alto Medical Foundation, Sutter, that they're offering the bivalent booster dose, and you can pick it up if you want um, Pfizer or Moderna. We booked for next week. They have tons of openings. Wow, what a surprise. Right. Tons of openings. Um, so anyway, so everybody's like, got mine at Costco in SV, same day appointments available at Carbon Health, uh, trying to get flu shot, you know, blah, blah, blah. So everybody's like, you know, um, singing the Kool-Aid here and, and they're getting maybe, um, you know, one or two comments. So I write mine and I get 90 <laughs> likes. Oh, likes. Yeah. Oh, Can you believe it? Well, it, it helped that I published it to my Substack and I told people to go over and, and hit the okay. like button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh but anyway, uh so I wrote uh Dr. Paul Offen, who sits on the FDA advisory committee, isn't getting the booster. He's a world expert on vaccines. The vaccines offer no benefit. All the mice challenged with Omicron got Omicron. It was hundred percent a failure in preventing infection, and previous um doses already provide protection for hospitalization and death. Do any of you know something Paul Offit doesn't know? Please let us know and share yes. the scientific evidence. Yes. And share the scientific evidence. Thank you. Okay. And then I get a single response saying, Steve, you're spot on. Can't wait to see the evidence pour in. And there is nothing else. Is there a skeleton there just like waiting? No, yeah. no. And, you know, so here's the remarkable thing. I posted this yesterday at I think uh, 10 p.m. last night, and it is now 8.29 in the morning, and believe it or not, and this is the amazing thing, is my post is still there. It has not been censored. Wow, that's amazing. Then, someone just responded um, two minutes ago. Uh, uh, Joseph uh, Mullen, Steve, uh, 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 Steve Kirsch, wow, Steve, you're a busy man. Thanks for taking the time to post here. Your data-backed insights are sorely lacking in much of the COVID-related discussions on ND. Wow. All right. So are you going to No attacks. No attacks. I mean, this is this is unbelievable for next door. Not only was it not taken down, but but all of the comments are positive. And nobody's showing and nobody's showing any data saying why you should get the booster. Because there is, I mean, there, I just don't understand how people can just go and do it. I, I just can't. Well, when you say, do you know something that Paul Offit doesn't know? I the love who, that. The person who would challenge that has to be real ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It, it, it truly, it, it truly makes a difference if you just ask a question. Ask yeah. a question like that where they can just like your question. Oh, well, one, before we get there. One thing I would also add sometimes to those people is just say, I'm going to pray for you in your heart. <laughs> we in the, your, we in the South, heart. it takes bless your heart to a whole new, a whole new level yeah. now. Bless your heart. A whole different meaning. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, speaking of heart, mm -hmm. um, yes. Doug uh, Brignole, uh, yes. do you guys know about him? Yeah. We were reading about that and there's all this controversy. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I just found out he died from the vax. Did you find out for sure? Like, did yeah. there was like yeah. speculation, you know, the way it's. Oh, no, 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 no. Tell them what they said, Steve, or she can uh, what we were looking at. What, it. It's what they didn't say. Yes. <laughs> I talked you know to someone. He wasn't someone, on steroids, right? I talked to someone who knows him very well. Oh, there we go. And, and I asked that person, um, well, did he die from the vaccine? 
And this person said, sorry, I can't talk about that. Oh, I well, can't talk thing. about that because um, everybody knows he was vaccinated like a year and a half ago with his original series. But you see, the boosters came out. Mm -hmm. And he died shortly after the boosters yeah. became available. Mm. Yep. Well, I so think the whole point is this how is why they can't talk about it. And he said, you know, Doug said, I'm going to be the test case. Yes. If I die, you were right. Mm. And Doug, Doug, by the way, was a very smart guy. He was a very smart guy. He predicted his own death. I mean, um, that's. Well, and he was just on Instagram like a couple of weeks ago uh, posting about he was getting ready to be at the 2022, um, you know, he was actively, you know, helping, training. He training, was training working. for something. And that, for yeah. people who try to say, oh, well, body, body builder, builders, you know, they're on drugs, they're on, they could do this, their hearts are already, you know, he's been, he's 63. He's been doing this for decades. Yes. Since he was a teenager. So why didn't it kill him before? I think that's a, just it's, like sad. Like how come people weren't dropping dead? Like two years dropping ago. like Why flies two years ago, you know, like it's just, but it's also not just speculation. I feel like somebody actually answered, said that he definitely was not taking yeah. like drugs yeah. or, or steroids or anything like that. Like he right. absolutely was not doing that because people were like, oh, well, it very easily could have been his heart because bodybuilders do get that with, uh, you know, things that they take or may Doug, take. Doug has but been doing this rodeo. This is not his first rodeo. He's been doing it since he was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, I think what's and also important is that very we smart. He, you know, he wrote a book. It's on Amazon. You should check it out. It's a really interesting book because he questions the, um, the, the sort of the false narrative in terms of bodybuilding and and compound lifts. Mm -hmm. And he says that actually you're better off. He says he knows too many people who are uh, who get injured. I'm, I'm one of them from doing compound lifts. I was doing a dead. You know, you, you do heavy deadlifts and and uh, man, if you're not fully warmed up. Uh, yeah, my, my back went out for, um, for weeks. Um, right. and, uh, you know, I pulled, pulled a muscle in my back. Uh, um, but he, he basically said, Hey, you know, there are safer ways to do, uh, exercises than these compound lifts that you, you normally hear because it, you know, you normally hear, Hey, if you want to build muscle, you got to focus on the compound lifts. And, uh, uh, the problem of course, with that is that people in, inevitably get injured. And so there are, are, are simpler ways to do this. And so he wrote a book on it and, and it's on Amazon and it costs $45. I ordered it. It's a paperback. Um, but he goes into apparently, uh, I haven't read it yet, but, <laughs> but um, uh, he goes into what exercises you should be doing to build uh, maximum muscle uh, without injury. And he makes a statement, which, which makes sense, which is, you know, compound lifts, right? You're getting whatever muscle workout you can get, you know, from that particular compound lift. And there are, there are only, a, you know, like five different uh, uh, of the big compound lifts. And mm -hmm. so you're not necessarily working each muscle at, at maximum capacity. Um, so he's actually a big believer in, in isolation. And mm -hmm. uh, but, but, you know, read the comments on Amazon. So really interesting but you know it it just shows you that this is this guy is not just uh you know uh, all muscle and no brain i mean he was right. um, this guy is really really smart and he was quite the competitor in, in his days i was watching his videos on uh on on youtube i have a lot of respect for him but he was you know just like um just like a lot of people who think they know 
you know, they did the research. They did the research by by listening to to quote experts um, interpret the data for them. And right. sorry, that's not the way uh, it works anymore. Uh, you can't trust the experts to interpret the data for you. Unfortunately, you have to become your own expert or trust. You need to listen, right? You you need to listen to people on both sides of the issue yes. talk yes. about this. And what's happening is that one side is just dropped off the picture because CNN is only talking to the pro-narrative side and my local newspaper, the San Jose Mercury News, won't have a discussion with me because they know I will tape the discussion. And so they are not going to let themselves be exposed as only uh, promoting one side of the story. But news is supposed to go, I mean, this is the old style news. The old style news is, let me hear from this side. Let me hear from this side. Let me present both sides and let the viewer decide. We don't have that anymore. It's considered to be dangerous to allow people to hear the other side of the story. And censorship is now the way to go. And even though there is no scientific evidence that shows that censorship leads to better health outcomes. And Vinay Prasad wrote an op-ed two years ago. He said that people with differing views should be listened to and not demonized. Mm -hmm. What I would like to see is I would like to see those people who disagree with that write an op-ed that said people who with differing views should be demonized and not heard from. Yeah, well, I think there's two important things here with that situation because it's happening to so many people. People are still silencing themselves. Like if the family or friend can't talk about his death and if they know or not just know, even if they speculate, like, they're still scared to speak out because of quote vaccine hesitancy or because of shaming and bullying and their friend or family member just died because of it. So their silence could ultimately kill more people because people aren't gonna be finding out because if you keep hearing from people like us and they think that we're conspiracy theorists because we're connecting the dots and we're paying attention, it's just ridiculous. And I love this. And then I wanna segue into you can find out instead of just speculating or instead of just saying, and I want to talk to you about your interviews with Dr. Cole, because Dr. Ryan Cole definitely knows that you can tell if that spike, if it's from the virus or the vaccine. So there are ways to find out the answer so that we don't have to sit here and speculate on either side. Do a freaking autopsy and find out. Young people don't just die for no reason. Yeah, 25 people, 25 people actually opted in, right? Because Ryan Cole is the only one doing these stains to find out. 25, just 25 people in the, uh, of the 500,000 deaths we've had from these vaccines, just 25 people opted in to send their tissue samples to Ryan Cole to be investigated. And so far, 100% of the tissue samples he's received has implicated the vaccine in those deaths. I can't believe only 25. For example, you know, I'm trying to contact next to kin. It's uh, it's uh, Erman uh, Brignoli. He's a dance instructor in Santa Barbara. I can't get his contact info. You know, this guy is like invisible. Wow. He used to be a dance instructor. Um, the email responder actually still works for for him. And um, uh, but but it refers you to call this phone number. And the phone number's been disconnected. And the second number I have from is disconnected. And 
Um, nobody wants to give me his um, uh, his contact info. And so you, you, you can't get in touch with these people to let them know that, hey, this option exists. And most people won't even consider it. I'm not talking to other people um, who died after uh, getting vaccinated, young people, young, healthy people. And you reach out and contact them and they will have no part of it. So their families okay. won't. Their families are don't... telling them. Are people reaching out to them and saying, "Don't say anything. Don't say anything." Are they getting? Pe- or are they just? Oh no, I don't know. I they won't. They won't certainly won't talk to me. But Someone's they won't. Gonna... You would think if if something happened to one of my family members and I wasn't sure why they died, I would want. If someone said, "We'll do an autopsy to see," I would want them to see what they could discover. So you're when, telling me your when Caston. Gwen Caston is the perfect example of that. Gwen Caston is the daughter of Sean Caston, who's a member of Congress. Mm-hmm. This would, yeah. You know, her death went viral. She's perfectly young. She goes to bed normal. There's no, there's no sign of heart disease. There's no, you know, and she wakes and she wakes up dead. And so what does Sean Caston do? There's no autopsy. There's like, hey, she she died from a a, 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 a rupture, which in fact is exactly described by Peter McCullough in a yep. video that I posted to my website mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of how does the vaccine cause sudden death? And he described exactly how she died. He's a top cardiologist, folks. It's and he described he exactly how Gwen Caston died. And, and Sean Caston will have none of that he will not implicate the, the, the vaccine because it is just too painful because Sean was the one who got Gwen to take the vaccine. Mm. He's not going to, to ever come to grips to the, with the fact that he killed his daughter. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. And, and so there is a lot of psychology at play, don't you think, Steve? We've seen so much of this, well, Dr. Malone called it mass formations, like says, I think, right, where people's brains are like basically turned off out of fear and a lot of other uh, emotions that will not allow them to think clearly. We've seen this actually, though, Steve, in there's something that's been happening around vaccinations for years because we've all been indoctrinated, specifically with childhood vaccines, that this is the way to give Americans longer lives, to prevent spread of disease, is that you vaccinate now with 72 shots on the schedule your children. Many for, for many of those diseases, which they would never die from, chickenpox, you're not going to die from chickenpox. There's, there's so many of those things, and yet parents line up and do it because, number one, they're told they have to for their kids to go to school, which is not true in a lot of states. It's true in California, but not in a lot of states. And, and, and the indoctrination is so pervasive. But another thing that I've noticed, and Dr. I mean, uh, Cheryl Atkinson, who used to be a reporter for CBS, I think even CNN, she talks about how when she did her first uh, deep dive into the vaccine program years ago, how the pushback let her know something is really off. Mm-hmm. And she said that vaccinologists were told, if you knew that vac- childhood vaccines could cause autism, would you stop the programs? And they said, no, that's, they're the consequence of trying to prevent childhood disease. So there's this mentality that these people are expendable, that that these deaths are part of the consequence of COVID being here, and they have to believe it must be okay, and that somehow it's going to spare the rest of us from, as you said, a disease that killed 0.02% of the people who got it. 
No, not 0.02. Careful, 0.2%. If you got if you got a case, if you got infected, you have a 0.2% chance. And did that even take into account the comorbidities? Was that 0.2%? And that's that's overall. (laughs) And there's a thousand-fold difference between young and old. So young kid versus seven-year-olds, it's a thousand-fold difference in the case fatality rate. So why are we Exactly. Giving a one size fits all. Everyone should get vaccinated. Well, because because they were saying it will prevent transmission like they, they were doing it for the teachers, doing it for everybody else. And there's no evidence of they that. They never studied that. That was their premise. That was their premise. Yeah. And there's uh, there's there's absolutely been no evidence of that. It's never been studied. And if they uh, did a mandate, you know, you can't mandate a drug which kills people, which has killed half a million Americans. You can't mandate that. Right. I mean, look, even if the uh, point, let's say the, uh, the, 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 um, the vaccine has a, the vaccine has a case fatality rate of 1%. Um, well, it's not a case fatality, a fatality rate of 1% to the people that get the vaccine. But the vaccine, um, uh, every time someone dies, they, they save 10 lives. So my question to you um, is, hey, if you had a fact, if, if you had an intervention which ha- had a one percent chance of killing you, but you knew that if you died you would save ten lives, would you take the intervention? And what would you feel if society forced you to take the intervention? And how does society, you know, do that? The mathematics on that. Right. So, for example, should we inject the president of the United States? One percent chance he'll die. But, hey, he could save 10 unknown people. So is it like is that moral for a society to indiscriminately, no matter who you are, you could be like the brightest guy in the world. You could be Elon Musk. That was smartest guys. On the planet. Should we risk his life to save 10 people (laughs) who we don't know? Would would Elon Musk volunteer to save his life so he could save 10 others? Should society mandate that? Because this is exactly what we're doing with these mandates, and and it is unconscionable. That's right. And, Steve, didn't you, I believe you wrote about this recently, too. Aren't they getting ready to meet about um, putting the COVID vaccine on the childhood vaccination schedule? Yeah, it's it's, it's set for Thursday. And... It we don't know. Look, it's never been done before where they've taken an EUA vaccine and put it on the the childhood vaccination schedule. But hey, that doesn't mean it can't be done. These people are are experts at doing stuff that, that we didn't think was possible or that the law allowed. And it'll be years before uh, uh, these challenges go through the court system. You know, I was talking with Meryl Nash. She was able to get the anthrax vaccine stopped by a court order. I said, how long did it take you? Because, I mean, there was all this evidence that showed that that there there was no risk-benefit justification for the the anthrax anthrax vaccine. And so I asked her, how long did it take you to to get the, the court to reverse it? She said, two years. Oh, my gosh. We don't have two years. No, we, don't we don't have two years. We're gonna. We need to go through the speed of science. Yeah. <laughs> we need to reelect Ron Johnson uh, to the Senate and make sure yeah, that the Republicans get control of the Senate. You need right. to vote red. You know, 
my wife and I have always voted Democratic in the past two. This year, we're, we're voting all red. And, you know, even in California, I mean, it is so uh, ridiculous. I am so outraged um, with the Democrats on this and not a single Democrat, not, not one, one single Democrat. I have donated over $20 million to the Democratic Party. I cannot get a single Democrat on the phone to talk about this issue. I'd be like, give not me my one. money back. Give yeah, me my not money one. back. Not one. I mean, this is, you know, we can't even have a civil discussion like we're having now. Yeah, um, we can't review the evidence. Um, you know, I, I, I basically I gave up um, with my representative, Anna Eschew. She's on the health committee. She won't meet with me. She won't talk to me. They won't even take my questions. I mean, she has this. Oh, Anna Eschew has this open questions thing. She has a phone call um, 645 p.m. every Thursday. I get on there as soon as I'm on, I hit the star three pound button. Um, to get into the call queue and that someone <laughs> operator comes on the line saying, uh, who are you? My name is Steve. I'm, you know, I have a question about the vaccines. I'm never called on. Never. I'm never called you're on. Never, why don't you say you're to be called on? Do you have to say what you're going to say? Can you, can you change? No, your you, do, you just tell them what you're going to ask about. I said, I have a question about the safety of the vaccines or something like that. Right. A generic but, thing. but they know my phone number. They got my phone number. They oh. know my number. I mean, on a list. Uh, uh, I mean, I was actually on one call when they, they actually ran out of questions and they said, well, we, you know, we don't have any more questions. I'm, I'm here. Sorry. I'm here. Well, I'm here. I know. I know. But you don't get to say that. Right. And, that, and, and she says, she says, hey, if we don't get to your questions, just mm, message. I'll call you back. And I, I, and I assure you, I, I, I answer 100 percent of all the people who give questions after the call. I've never gotten a response. The staff never gets back to me. Nobody ever gets back to me. So I had someone else um, that they don't know that contacted them and said, hey, I've got 20 doctors in the area that want to meet with you about vaccine safety. Guess what? No call back. That's 20 doctors, wow. 20 doctors. We're not talking about 20 misinformation spreaders. We're talking about 20 doctors who still have their license in California, which is which is which means that they can't be misinformation spreaders because they would be, um, you know, losing their license. So 20 doctors who are willing to speak out and talk to Anna Eshoo about vaccine safety, and she will not take the meeting. These are doctors in her area, her constituents, doctors. She will not take the meeting. Okay, this is how unethical these people are, and, and, and listen, she's about to be 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 reelected to Congress oh. in our area because it's you know hugely Democratic. But that is wrong. She should not be reelected. I mean, I voted for Rishi Kumar, and I'm proud of that. And you know, because it's like anyone is better than Anna. Because if she will not meet with doctors in her area about the safety of the vaccine, she deserves to lose. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, here's I don't the thing: get you also have to think about, about a lot of things. I should calm down here, but I mean, no, it is outrageous you what have, she is you doing. Heard us get emotional. You're in good company. But listen, what about the California bill? So that also brings up a good point that if you've got this California bill that they're about to, you know, take doctors' licenses away if they give any other information besides the narrative, and they're only listening, they're not even trying. This proves. They're not even trying to listen to any of the doctors and try and learn right, this information themselves. You they are don't want people these to officials, know. Just anybody in California, you need to know who you are electing and who they are listening to because it, they are basically putting all the medical decisions in the hands of politicians, not the not the men and women who went to medical school 
and are there to treat their patients. So we already know that is corrupt, but now we know this is proving that they will not even listen to any other side. So how are they ever going to know? How are they ever going to learn? Ugh. Well, you know, my, my wife got a, got a call from, from a pediatrician at Stanford and she won't tell me who it is. And I don't know who it is. Um, but the, the pediatrician called to say, um, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, your husband's not a whack job. Um, he, uh, we're seeing, we're seeing this in, in, in the clinics, in, in the clinics at Stanford. Um, what he's saying is real. And when I talk to my peers about it, they say, uh, look, there's no scientific evidence that ties the vaccines with all of these, uh, cardiac issues and strokes and, um, uh, hemorrhage, brain hemorrhages and so forth. There is nothing, there's no science that ties them. So you don't want to alarm people. So don't talk about it until we have a scientific proof that there is causality. And so just because, you know, you've never seen these before. And as soon as the vaccines rolled out for this, this population base for that, for that age group, you started seeing all of these uh, 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 cardiac issues, um, tachycardia, all this stuff. Um ignore all that. That's just coincidence. There's probably something else because these vaccines are safe and effective. We don't want to alarm people. So don't talk about it. And by the way, if you talk about it, you'll be fired. But there's enough correlation. You don't have to say. She'll lose her and by the way, she'll lose her license in California now. Right. If she talks about what she has seen in her own patient base, right. she will lose her license to practice medicine in California. She cannot afford to do that because she's the sole breadwinner. So she shuts up about what she sees and she just says the narrative, oh, the, the, the CDC recommends vaccination for blah, 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 and just sticks to the party line. Oh, and, 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 you and if you have an injury, by the way, if you have an injury, she will tell you that, oh, it looks like you may have had a reaction to a previous vaccine. But she you're not allowed to, to say that it was the COVID vaccine. But see, she can be telling the truth, but she can't say it was a COVID vaccine. But she can also report it to VAERS, and she actually is legally responsible to report it. Like she's legally, but you're supposed to, doctors and nurses, doctors especially, it's on the CDC website. If yeah. there is an adverse reaction or definitely a yeah. severe one, yeah, but they don't have the time. They're not they're, doing it. Yeah, there's so, there's so many of these that they don't have the time. Her, her day would be filled right. just filling out the various reports. You wouldn't be able to see patients. Mm. So. Well, you also wrote about, was it Michael Turner? I know you wrote about him not too long ago. Uh, he was the doctor who was the Stanford University, Harvard Medical School, and the Mayo Clinic graduate. And he was very pro-vaccine. And he wrote on, I think he did a Substack or something on kind of his journey from the, just to the red pill, from the blue pill to the red pill. Yeah. yeah. And, and so there are many coming to into the light and coming and saying, highly educated, highly regarded physicians saying, we see it, we see it. And they're finding the bravery and the courage to talk about it. We need more of those people. Though. Right. Absolutely. Far Absolutely. Far. And it's, it's not going to happen in California anymore. Nope. I don't know how people, I mean, Steve, are you going to stay in California? How are you going to stay yeah, in California? I mean, I'm, I'm, going to stay, I'm going to stay here and fight. I don't, I don't believe in, you know, because someone has to, right? Because if everybody, says, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do is to stay and fight. Absolutely. 
Well, um, I tell you what, to to your credit, you know, I think about how much time and energy, I know just to put together this podcast, how much time and energy it takes to fact check and and look through the research. Like you said, everyone's got to be their own advocate now and their own researcher now. The time it takes, I, you have had to give your whole life to this cause at this point. I mean, you don't, there's no way you have time to do other things, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no. This is a this is a full time job. It's and mm-hmm. and more. It's yeah. it's tough to to keep up with everything that's happening. I mean, I'm I'm I I'm falling behind in terms of uh, of uh, of my Substack. I mean, I I'll, I'll publish sometimes. I don't know what what's the is it like what five or six articles a day? I mean, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I don't like to do that because I don't want to bombard people with too much stuff and uh you know because then if, when they say oh no stop you know stop that unsubscribe and um but it's important stuff it's stuff that, it's that people need to know yeah well, i think what's great is that people need to know that like you can at least go to your Substack and find anything you want because you can yeah. search for you like i know he wrote yeah. about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and i think it's just you're probably like us like every time and that's one of the reasons I created, we created the Substack. Every time we learn something, I'm like, oh my God, I want everybody to hear this. You want everybody to hear it. And they're not hearing it. They're mm-hmm. not seeing it. Because just like you said, this huge news four days ago, nobody's talking about it. That's yeah. huge from Boston, yeah. the Boston University. Yeah, no, it was, it, the, the, as far as I know, the news first broke on, uh, I think it was Coffee and COVID uh, mm-hmm. Substack. And, and nothing happened. So um the author wrote an, a second piece on it and then once the daily mail i think uh, picked it up then uh, uh then it started to go uh, uh viral so the first question i ever got on this from any of my media interviews was this morning four days later <laughs> and of course it's on someone who had been like anybody who interviews me of course is is banned from mainstream media right <laughs> yeah. You know, so this was this was Emerald Robinson's show uh, this morning, and she was the first one to ask me about this story. Mm-hmm. And Emerald Robinson, I believe her history was that she was banned from uh, mainstream. You know, she used to be on mainstream news and was banned. Um, and I get so, her Substack too. <laughs> she has a Substack too. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, sorry, she has a Substack as well. Uh-huh. She does. Oh wow. She does. Okay. And and Steve. Also talk for just a second, because I know we have a lot of military listeners where our listeners are all over, but we are based out of North Carolina. So we know we have a lot of Fort Bragg area listeners. What is happening in the military? Brett Weinstein, I think you even wrote about this. Can you tell our listeners a little more about Brett's interview of these military officers who are speaking out and what's going on there? Yes. And, you know, the information is coming out so, so quickly, um, that I haven't even had a chance to to finish viewing that. But he goes for two hours and he's interviewing uh, three people from the military about their experience. And these people have to talk, hey, I'm talking from a personal basis. I'm not talking as a, uh, a member of the armed forces. I have to, these are my personal views only. And they talk about <clears throat> their experience. Um, with the vaccines and and that episode is is two hours and i was watching that and then i got a notice that uh, bobby kennedy's film uh just came out and uh and so i'm i started watching that yes. and, and it's <laughs> i, I, I yes. watched the first 45 minutes and it is awesome oh. and i love the part about the mass and the you know i didn't know that the n95 masks were 
were created for dust, for mm. people working in dusty conditions. And so they wouldn't have to breathe in the dust. That makes perfect sense because exactly. it doesn't stop the virus. And they talked about the WHO um, saying that masks don't work at all. And then WHO suddenly flips, suddenly masks working against the virus. There was no new science that says masks work. Masks suddenly work against respiratory viruses. Like there's no new science that proved that nowhere. And the WHO flips from doesn't work to work. Just like, just like that. It happens. This is how science works. I mean, I should love your Senate testimony. I, I have that video, uh, the video clip of you with the mask that would actually work. And I loved your point. You're like, if we actually mandated this mask that actually worked, how many people do you think would actually be complying right now? They wouldn't. You know, just yeah. you can't just throw on granny's panties like that is yeah. not going to happen. And that's what they were saying in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people were wearing all kinds like of stuff. socks, napkins. And me being in the ER, I think we talked about this last time. I knew I knew we had to get fit tested every year for the N95 mask. I knew that this was not and we get cooties all over the place, but it wasn't the well people that were wearing it. You know, we would give it to people who had flu symptoms, but like I knew that this ain't right. And that's what's so crazy is that so many of my healthcare coworkers, colleagues that I used to work with, I'm like, how are you being sucked into this? How are you even thinking that these work? Because they trust, work they, yeah, they trust authority. <laughs> so let me ask you before um, the pandemic, uh, before SARS CoV 2, did anyone in the hospital wear, wear these N95 masks? No, the only time you wore anything was for a more severe disease. Cause it's likely like protocols, contact one, contact two, these kind of things, airborne. And so, but it wasn't just anybody just slapping on. And we never saw people with a mask except flu season. When people came in, if they had cold symptoms, we gave them a mask and asked them to wear it. Would they wear it? Who knows? They would probably pull it down just like our president and sneeze and then pull it back up and then shake somebody's hand or scratch their butt and then talk, touch the doorknob. I mean, that's what happens in the ER. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to You got to admire. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't see that clip. So, so Biden basically pulls, pulls down his mask, sneezes and puts his mask he's, back, he's back on. Cough. He's done. He said, there's been a couple he's different clips. That. He's done a cough. He's actually pulled it down to cough and then pull it back up. Oh yeah, I'll find it. I'll send it to you, or I send it to. You. No, no. Oh yeah. Hey, you know that, that's what I would do if I was forced to wear a mask too. Yes. But, yeah, but you see, it's. Mask. I mean, it's yeah. It, 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 it's crazy. Mask yeah. all day, and I'm like, what do you do when you sneeze? Do you pull it down, or do you sneeze in your mask, and then you're wearing that? Right, the whole right, rest right. Of the day. What do people do? What did the, what did what did people tell you? Uh, didn't they tell them to actually? I think we've got different things because I think I asked not. So I was like, what do you do if you sneeze? He was like, I just pull my mask down, sneeze. And then this is my youngest. And I'm like, well, that, de that defeats well, the whole I think purpose. it's human nature. If you're going to sneeze, you're not going to sneeze with something right You don't want to sneeze. Yeah, I mean, you come on. I mean, you just instinctively. The whole idea behind sneezing is to get the crap out of you. Right. Not to go. And then inhale it and lick it. The whole rest of the day, I would pull up and my son, he was a kinder in kindergarten and his whole mask was wet because he was sucking on it all day. So now you've got 
Now you've got moisture <laughs> that breeds more cooties and they're touching it. Like when you have oh, yeah. something in your face, you're touching it more. It's horrible. This is not, that was our line in the sand. Like yeah. that was, that was when we pulled our kids. Cause we oh. just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And it yeah. has to be for people. You can't just keep, just like these doctors, if you keep going with it and I understand needing to stay and needing to this to be your, your livelihood. But when it comes down to it, I really hope, and I really hope it does when there's accountability and what are you going to do then? What are you going to say then? And yeah, we just need more say, people. I knew you, this the whole time. If you knew it the whole time and you kept going, you're perpetuating right. this cycle and more people are going to die. Just please just dig deep and just be bold and be brave. Like, you know, have courage, you know, just like what Dr. McCullough, his book, that, that have courage. We've got to have more people stand up and speak I think it out to and take stop people this. doing it all together at once, like mm -hmm. not individually. There needs to be some kind of an uprising from medical professionals mm -hmm. all at once yeah. to say, well, you know, like this, this, this be the, the BU research, right? So how many medical professionals, how many op-eds have you seen? in that uh, any US paper saying this is this is wrong, they shouldn't be doing this. Zero. Zero. Okay. How many medical professionals, how many members of the, the mainstream medical community are speaking out saying you shouldn't be doing this? Mm. I don't think they're not in jail. Like after yeah. all that we've been through in the past couple of years and how we know gain of function is like right. And, and they're they're just doing it. And how do you take a virus that had a 0.2 death rate and an Omicron that had a I don't know what the death rate was, 0, 0.0 something death rate, and then make it 80% fatal. Like, how does that even happen? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, they're too, in like, the lab. why do they want they're this to lab. happen? Why do they want this to happen? I mean, well, I, I don't, I, I don't know because they're not going to, they don't return my phone calls. <laughs> I do have something to say, Steve, if you haven't heard this, you may have, um, but since you have such a vast um, audience or huge audience. We've got one of these emails in one of our medical groups that we're in that Dr. McCullough had added us to. And a physician had said, um, Dr. Death Fauci is the most prolific mass murderer of all time and still has medical licenses in Maryland and New York. Please file complaints against his Maryland license, D04034, by clicking this link. Please file complaints against his New York license, and it has one zero zero three three nine by clicking this link. Thank you. So yeah. I don't know if you know that, but I want to share that far and wide, and that would be amazing as well. And I want to share absolutely. That I mean, I mean, and and also you should report members of the medical board to the medical board, right? Yeah. So that they right. can investigate the members of the medical board because anybody who's doing this stuff needs to be investigated. I mean, what they're doing to Merrill Nass is absolutely insane. Hmm. I mean, you should see the, the, the hearings. They'll ask questions like, so Dr. Nass, you didn't mention that this person had COVID. And she said, yeah, I didn't mention it on page one, but it's on page three. Okay, thank you. And then th the next question, I mean, <laughs> it's so oh embarrassing that these people are wasting time going after wow. one of the best physicians in the country. Mm. And they're getting their ass kicked doing it. It's so embarrassing. And it just showed, and, and this was actually recorded on video. Um, it was broadcast live by uh, Children's Health Defense. Um, oh, I love them. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and Dr. Paul Merrick, I don't know if you ever saw any clips of hearing against him for using vitamin C to treat um, sepsis. I don't know if mm. you ever, but it was the same thing, Steve. It's, he found that high, high dose vitamin C, along with some other repurposed drugs, was like 
had a tremendous impact on saving people from sepsis. And then once that came out, at first he was a hero, but then the medical community found out he was using no expensive drugs, it was relatively easy to treat, and they demonized him. And if you listen to the hearing, it you almost can't believe that like intelligent people sit through that and go, oh, that was okay. Like yeah. it's it's so it's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, what happened there, though, is that they tried to replicate his results in randomized controlled trials, which they view as the gold standard for medical care, and that you have to pass the these randomized phase three trials, or you're not, it's not considered science. Okay, so what happened in, in all of the randomized controlled trials to replicate the results is that they delayed giving treatment for over right. 24 hours. Yes. And the whole point of the vitamin C treatment, as soon as you see the symptom is early treatment, you have to treat them immediately. And what happened is the enrollment period in the clinical trial required a 24 hour, you know, couldn't be done on the same day. The, the, you know, the, the enrollment people weren't working, right? They're only working eight hours a day. So they wait to the next day. The average was well over 24 hours before you were enrolled in the trial and could get the drug. Duh. Designed to fail. I love that they need a randomized control trial for vitamin C, but they don't do a randomized control trial of a mass vaccination of an experimental drug. No, and no, they unblinded placebos. And like, where's the, where are those? Where are those? They are talking out of two different holes. Of and course. it's one main hole. Well, look, it's like, it's like for masks, do you think there were randomized controlled trials that showed that masks work and statistically no. significant? Of course not. You don't need it because it's a safe, safe intervention, right? Like, mm -hmm. why do you, it's, clearly there are no downsides. Well, you know, clearly inject, you know, vitamin C, there's no downsides. Why don't we, why don't we try it? I mean, that's what I'm saying. If it's there, if there's a potential to help and minimal risk of harm, just like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, any of them, why not let people try it? And they are, they, I mean, they're refusing, still denying, even when a court orders it, the hospitals are still able to deny it. And that blows my mind and it infuriates me. It makes me livid. I mean, it has made me cry. I mean, it's just like, because yep. I just can't believe so many people have died unnecessarily. And that's yeah, why I mean, look, it, there ought to be a law that says if you're in the hospital and you request a medicine and your doctor says that you should get the medicine, that the people in the hospital should not be able to override that. Right. There is the right, the, the, right the right to try, the right to try. Ron, wasn't it Ron Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that has a very, but, but this is, this is like the, the, the right to try is for experimental drugs. This is for uh, um, okay. approved drugs uh, given off label. And okay. you have a physician, you have the, the patient's physician saying, I want him to get this in the hospital saying, no. <laughs> I mean, you think not going you think to do it. You think We're not going to do it because we don't want to have the liability of giving that patient something that if something goes wrong, then we could get sued because we went off the protocol. As long as we're on the approved protocol, the hospital doesn't get sued and the hospital makes a shit ton of money, right? Mm -hmm. these, these hospitals can make like up to, I've heard that hospitals can make up to $500,000 per COVID death. Oh, uh, that, that would not surprise me. And that's what I think that's in, might, be, might even be in the Fauci book. Yeah. 
you know, I think the real, Anthony, the real Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, the real, which is the movie, by the way. If, if, which is if, the movie. Yes, we didn't talk about that. We just started that out there real Steve quick. Mentioned, Steve mentioned it quickly, but the the real Anthony Fauci book has been turned into a movie. And that's what Steve was referring to. Steve, how can the audience watch that? I forget what that we have is. A link. There's a link, I think, right? Yeah, if you go on my sub stack and um, it's one of the more recent articles. Right. It used you to be the top it. article, but it's not, there's not, no. And I think there's like, you only have 10 days to watch it, right? Or is that right? Yeah, is 10 that days to watch it for free. For free. So okay. you can watch it for free for the next 10 days. So go, go watch, watch it, it now while you can. Popcorn. Yeah. You're going to need it. Yeah, get the popcorn. <laughs> host, even host a viewing party in your neighborhood. Yes. And yes. share it. I should, I should post that on next door and see what happens. See if it does. Uh, yes. Do it, Steve. Do it. <laughs> Here's this is the thing too, as we kind of start to wrap this up, Steve. I have a question for you, because you're in this every single day, and 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 we are too. But you to to a full time degree, are you seeing rays of light and glimmers of hope that there will be accountability for Anthony Fauci or or all the others that are involved? Do you there needs to be a reckoning? Do you think yes. we're getting closer to that? Yes. If Ron Johnson is reelected and the Republicans control the Senate, that can be game-changing. It'll be yeah. game-changing for the world. Yes. It is so, so important that Ron Johnson uh, be reelected. I can't emphasize that enough. Oh, yeah. He's such a he, good guy. He He's the only guy in Congress. You know, half the members of Congress have met with the vaccine injured. Wow. And what happens is that when the the uh, Congress member meets with vaccine injured, they'll meet with them for maybe a half hour or an hour, and they'll say, hey, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with me. And, and then nothing happens. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nothing it's happens. Because what happens is that they mentally say, oh, you know, We've given we've given the shot to 250 million people, and unfortunately, there are a few casualties. That's what happens. But we're saving 20 million lives, and it's unfortunate that that a few people are getting a bad reaction. It's probably just bad coincidence because yeah. we affected so many people, and mm -hmm. that's what they're thinking in their minds when these people leave. That is why there is no one in Congress that is advocating for these people, uh, except for Ron Johnson. And there has not been a dime paid out in compensation for these, um, the CICP program, which is the program that is supposed to compensate people for vaccine injury. They have paid out zero oh my gosh. people who have died or, or, or injured. And there are 20 million people in the United States who have been injured by these vaccines, Tw at least 2 million who have been disabled. And, and the number could be as high as 7 million uh, disabled. And there are at least a half a million people who have been killed um, by these vaccines. And that's a conservative estimate, by right. the way, from the VAERS system using an underreporting factor of 41, which is calculated from the anaphylaxis data. And so it's the best case. So 41 is an underestimate of the underreporting factor. It's probably more like, I don't know, 150, 200. So the numbers that we're quoting as half a million deaths it's probably a lot higher than a half a million deaths. I would, I would bet significant amounts of money that it was much, much higher than, than the fact that the U.S. government has killed half a million people. In fact, 
when I went on Fox News and I I I, I backpedaled a little because I didn't want to sound like I'm I'm too over the top. I said, look, hundreds of thousands of people have died and millions of people um, have been uh, injured by these vaccines. And Fox said that they they couldn't verify those numbers. And so I contacted them after the episode. I said, do you want to see the data? And they said, no. Oh, see? Wow. See? Yeah, it's on both sides. Like, and that's why I hope Republicans gain the Senate, but I hope there's some, you know. Right. It's some not just Republican, Democrat. It's got to be Republicans are also care. being silent. And right. so, yeah, no, well, most Republicans don't want to speak out, right? Because they don't want to admit they're wrong. Right. Yeah, so it's this, not like Republicans to- are the good guys here, but it's just that between the two of them, yeah. right? The oh, yeah. Republicans are better people. because it is only um, uh, Ron Johnson and it is only Rand Paul that's really going after these guys and everybody else is silent. There's nobody on the Democratic side that, that I'm aware of that's going after these guys. Not, and real quick, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but when you say the CICP, when they have not paid, paid um, people out, victims, but I also want to point out they haven't even paid the hospital bills or even acknowledged the people who were in the clinical trials. So just go look at Maddie DeGary's story. Like her story is definitely one of them. She's not just, she's not the only one. And Brie Dressen, I think is her last name. Yeah. They're in that, the real not rare, um, yeah. com. But so many, if you go to that website, you'll see so many people's stories, but people who literally signed up to be That's in this crazy. trial, to do it for the good of the world yeah. and they have been just completely ignored and nobody is answering their calls so it's not just victims or you know people just going these are people who are in their trial in these companies trials that's really sad yeah and they don't even get a get well card no from support. the from the drug company yeah. and you know uh, jenna woodcock promised that she would investigate the case of many to gary there was never a phone call i mean to the family just think, just think y'all just think yep. about that well, Steve, Steve really gave some good, you know, first of all, we want you to go follow, go subscribe to his Substack. We want you to go watch the Dr. Anthony Fauci movie, the real Anthony Fauci. Um, and we want you to host viewing parties and share this with friends so that people will know the truth because this is so vital important. And some people you cannot help because they refuse to help themselves. But there are people out there who they just haven't put it all together yet. And it requires each of us not to rely on Steve and his team to put the word out, not to rely on podcasts like ours to put the word out. Each and every one of us has to have the courage to have these individual conversations with each other and to speak the truth and share the data because you can't argue. It's very hard to argue with data, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, Steve, um, I want to also point out you, a lifelong Democrat. I know Joe Rogan. I think he pretty much never voted Republican either. And one of his recent episodes, they said, what's the answer? He said, vote Republican. And it's like you said, we think the Republicans are at fault too. But it's like the lesser of two evils here in terms of who will rally, who's more apt to rally and hold these three-letter agencies accountable and the people within them, Anthony Fauci, Peter Daszak, all these people who've gotten richer through this. Oh and yeah, yeah. Fauci gets paid every shot. Every time the, you, you get a Moderna shot, Fauci gets money. Right, because mm. he is connected to Moderna, mm-hmm. which which was never profitable until the vaccine. Not one quarter of profit ever posted oh. until the vaccine. That's interesting to me as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, thank you for fighting the good fight. We're fighting it thank with you, you. and yeah. we appreciate you coming on again. We'll be talking again to you to get the latest. <laughs> Uh, a few months from now and see where we're at. But hopefully 
once we get through November, let's hope. Hey, ladies, since we have a lot of ladies listeners, I want you to know something we're seeing. There's a lot of propaganda telling you that every Republican is going to take away every reproductive rights. Go fact check that too, Mm because a lot of it's not true. A lot of it's just fear mongering to make you vote blue. So Mm -hmm. be, be aware of that as well. Go do your own research. Go think for yourself. Steve, thanks so much. Thank for being you. Thank you so much. It. And we're going to work you. on that t-shirt. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Go get that t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'll be the first. I want to be the first one to buy one of those. Absolutely. Steve, send us your signature. We'll put it on the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, All guys. Right. We'll later. Maybe All right. we'll send Bye. we'll send Tony a free T-shirt. Yes. Oh my gosh. Love it. <laughs> get his address, Steve. Oh, yeah. You can get it. Yeah. I'll get it. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right.